Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Hoopod. My name is Blair Beverage, and thank you for once again tuning in. This week's show, we have actor Tony Noto. Now, Tony is someone I consider a friend, uh, somebody who I met through his show, uh, his web show, sorry, Classic Alice, a Kate Hackett production, if you will. Um, Tony and I, uh, we hit it off pretty well. Uh, we play a lot of video games together. Um, he is... Uh, uh, with Day and Hutton, former guests. So she she makes a little appearance near the end of this. Uh, we talk video games. We talk uh, his his theater background, and um, th- there's a nice little story in there that I will never forget. Tony, thank you so much for that, uh, guys. He's he's just an incredibly charming, incredibly talented mutant of a man so uh let's just dive into the shall we who pod number 57 with the one and only tony noto uh thanks for putting me on the spot there you bitch <laughs> i gave you the question just ask it dude joey clammed up you didn't give me fire makes questions. him nervous Fire makes Tony nervous. <laughs> All right, ladies and some guys at home for listening, fire gets him nervous. So, you know, don't be getting on stage wearing some, you know, hula hoop that's set on fire, trying to dance like Beyonce. You'll just scare the shit out of him. Just letting you know. So, yeah, Mulholland. So I, I saw ref- a picture on uh, Instagram of uh, Mulholland Drive, uh, a producer friend of mine posted it. Holy crap, it looks like a scene out of Volcano like the the movie volcano yeah. where they, it that's how like intense it is right now and you guys just had fires there recently didn't you yeah we're we're running we've been running for our lives it the 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 recent one that uh or the photo i think you're talking about shut down the 405 which is a major yep. highway in LA and uh it does it looks like uh, a volcano just took over the city and yep. uh it just raining ash and the air quality is completely shit. There's just smoke everywhere. Uh, I recently just moved, and I was living uh, very close to Mulholland Drive, Laurel Canyon area, mm-hmm. and uh, I felt like I was running from the fires, packing up all my things, and moving south. So it was uh, it was quite the uh, couple weeks. I now Los Angeles Fire Department Twitter account is now constantly pinging my phone i have it all the alerts set up so i'm very aware of what's happening and uh staying as far away from it as possible is that fire as a police <laughs> siren goes on in the background <laughs> welcome to la well, <laughs> well you got you got a city full of cinematographers and this this amazing scene just presenting itself and oh wait we got while we're in traffic we got some stuff in our trunk let's film this yeah so yeah probably exactly. get some of the best Best shots of this uh, that we'll ever see. Everybody, thank you for joining us and welcome to the latest Hoopod with our guest, actor Tony Noto. Welcome, Tony. <laughs> thank you for that beautiful intro. I feel like you wanted to add more there, but you stopped yourself. I You're like actor. actor. I totally I'm saw like, that too. No, that's all he does. He's I, let me no, let, here. Let's actor. let's try it again. Something like <laughs> actor, overall badass, cool guy, and uh, my best friend Tony Noto. How about that? Okay, sure. Um. Oh, <laughs> damn it, Blair! Jeez, Blair, you dick. It's all right. Um, I, I, 
Tony, Tony's, Tony's a great guy, and, and I'm going to be a little serious here for a second. I, I, uh, with my Webisode Watch show, um, I did one with Classic Alice, which was a Kate Hackett show, and Tony played the male lead in that show. And uh, I did an interview with them, and the, the kind of before interview and after interview uh, segments of it were probably my favorite I ever did with, with your show. You're just really personable guy and just kind of really got the brass tacks, and you had me talking about some personal life stuff. And I'm like, I just met this guy. Yeah, that, yeah that's right. I forgot. We, we delved deep. We did. I mean, you, you asked a question, I will not repeat early and I was just like wow okay um that was interesting and and Kate went all flush I remember that uh yeah you, you broke I was Kate good on at, that question I, I I was good at doing that I had that effect on people especially Kate Hackett um but uh let, let's lead into Classic Alice uh now I've seen it Joey I'm and Taylor I'm not so sure but tell us what Classic Alice uh was and uh the role you played on the show yeah uh Kate had this terrific idea of uh, uh, telling telling the story of several literary characters and the way she wanted to do it was by playing a girl named Alice Rackham who was a college student who uh, decided to live her life according to classical literature. Uh, so every season of the show was a different book instead of um, the other shows that were kind of popular at the time like Emma Approved and... Uh, the Lizzie Bennet diaries that were based off of Emma novels. Classic Alice took every episode, every season. So a season one was crime and punishment. Um, season two was, uh, what was season two? Man, this was a couple different ones, I think. Yeah. Then we had Macbeth for season three or four. And then I, I'm using the term season loosely because it would be like six yeah. or seven episodes was a, was a season. But I knew there was a Dracula in there somewhere too. And... We did Dracula. I think we did Wind in the Willows. Um, so uh, my character was Andrew Pritchard, who was another college student who was a film student. And he was recording uh, and filming Alice sort of experience these books using her own life to experience these books. And of course, he uh, falls head over heels in love with her, and uh, you know the um, the love the 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 love interest. Uh, it gets it gets interesting with the with the relationship the two of them build. And it was honestly one of my uh, favorite things about the show was kind of Andrew and Alice's back and forth. And I think that really, I think the fans connected well with it, and I uh, I really enjoyed playing that. I think Andrew was was that person that always would find Alice kind of, you know, two, you know, half a foot over the edge, and she he'd just kind of gently rein her in a little bit, and and you know, at, at times she didn't want to be reined in, and she kind of wanted to fall over that edge, but you were doing her best to keep her grounded in, I guess, what you would consider reality, as opposed to her on this this book quest to to really kind of imbue these characters. Yeah, any anyone who wants to live their life according to classic literature has to be a little off kilter, so. Andrew was would be the voice of reason in some of these scenarios. Um, yeah, yeah. You guys did like a hundred episodes or something, didn't you? We did so many episodes. In fact, I'm trying to remember how many episodes we did. <laughs> uh, it went on for about three years. So season one was six episodes. That was Crime and Punishment. And that really kind of launched the show. And we were like, oh, people like it. There's a following here. Then we did a crowdfund uh, uh we raised money through crowdfunding, and then we did uh, season two, which I want to say was like forty or fifty episodes. Mm. 
and then big, big episode, yeah. and then we did another crowdfunding uh, campaign and uh, raised fifty six grand for season three, which is where we got to do. Uh, man, I can't even remember the episodes we did. I think we did around the same amount we did for season two, but the production quality just shot sky high for that one. So. It's a great little uh, uh, web show, digital series, which I believe is on Amazon now. If, if... It is on Amazon, yes. It's edited differently on Amazon. I haven't seen much of it on no. Amazon, but um, yeah, it's all there for anyone who wants to check it out. Yeah, highly recommend it. Um, good, good performances by all for people who I, I, you know, involved with the Powell verse, as I call it. There's a lot of uh, familiar faces in there, and um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you, yeah, we we had some crossover people from uh, from Emma approved. We had uh, Brent Bailey and Brent Isaacs um, and Joanna Sotomora, Dan Hutton. Um, I think Paula Rhodes was somewhere in there. We had a lot of people from that sort of universe, the literary web series universe, coming in and going out, and it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, where, where did the kind of acting bug bite you? I, I presume it was, was back home, wherever home was. Yeah, I'm one of the actors who has that really annoying story where it's like, oh, I knew the moment I wanted to be an actor um, that you get tired of hearing over and over again, I'm sure. But uh, I was, I, I did musical theater as a child and, uh, and then I hit puberty and I stopped singing. I had this horrific story of, I was 13, I was the lead in a musical, um, and we were at a dress rehearsal, and right at the climax of like the musical and the song that accompanies that, I hit this high note and my voice cracks, and it's, it's the worst voice cracking you've ever heard in your life, so much so, the piano player stops playing music, <laughs> and it starts laughing. The, dir- I, the my co-star or uh, the other people on stage start laughing. The choir is like laughing and pointing. The director's laughing so hard she has to leave the theater. It's one of those moments where like the camera is spinning and you see everyone pointing and laughing. So so that put a, a quick end to my musical theater career, no. and I decided to uh, to play football instead. So I did football for a little Dude. bit of high school. Yeah, <laughs> you're breaking Do you know how heart. frustrating this is? Like, I've been listening, going, "Come on!" Because all we ever want as a teacher is to try and gather more boys into the performing arts. Because, like, you like you get girls. Girls love singing, dancing, and acting. But to get a guy, it's so exciting because you oh. just never have them. <laughs> I wish you had been and my my director. <laughs> but you hit I w- puberty. I would have fixed that crack. I mean, don't you terrible. worry. Yeah. Oh, everyone does that at some point. It's just nerves. Your voice goes all tight with nerves. It's fine. You get past it. <laughs> oh yeah, no. And I was so I, I was so nervous, and that that just that experience as a whole just like really kind of soured musical theater for me. Um, <gasps> so I just kind of I kind of just dropped it all, and like I said, started playing football. I I grew up in Texas, so uh, you know I un- subconsciously was being pushed towards football anyways because we all love football so much there um but then so my freshman year in high school I got super sick uh had the flu and uh had to miss my whole week of finals and I was just on the couch just sick as a dog and TNT for some reason was having a Braveheart marathon 
And uh, I watched that movie like 16 or 17 times that week, Mm -hmm. like not exaggerating. And (laughs) I didn't know what it was that Mel Gibson was doing. Uh, but I was like, I want to do that. Like, that's amazing. He was and finding out what I think at want. the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. Like where he flushes wrong movie, everyone, wrong movie. like, lifts the kilts. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Wa- yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I, I think Hot. what I really wanted was to paint my face blue and just start attacking people with a broadsword. Well, you could have just gone into the blue man group. Done. <laughs> I know. Oh, see, opportunity missed there. But they um, don't talk. That's the problem. And true, I know, and I wanted to yell freedom the at the top of my lungs. <laughs> freedom! That is true. Just before they took, cut your head off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, Braveheart, when I first saw Braveheart 2, it had a very emotional response for me. I, The girl I was dating at the time was English, and uh, um, <laughs> I, I kind of left that theater, I guess, because I'm of Scottish descent, and I just kind of looked at her, and I was like, I don't know about you right now. Yeah. She's like, yeah. she's like yeah. this is just a movie, and I'm like, yeah, give me a few hours. Right now, I don't know about you. <laughs> I need some space to uh, really figure out where the line is in our relationship. Yeah. The English are always pushing, you know? Yeah, always just kind of getting their, their thing in there. But, uh, <laughs> it's all right. They shipped Tyrolyn's relatives off to a foreign continent. so. Well, Tyrolyn's relatives were criminals, so they did it's deserve that. True story. Yeah, I believe it. So, so you, you, you got into football and, and then you, I guess you got hurt, you said? Um, so, so I, well, I got into football, but I wasn't very good at football. So I, uh, watching Braveheart really, I kind of took that experience and kind of locked it away and then like didn't really, pers- didn't really act for another three or four years and then started taking classes again and getting back into it. Um, and uh, yeah, football, I, I'm not that big of a guy, so there wasn't really a career there. And then when I went to college is when I was like, okay, yeah, I think I want to do theater, but uh, that's not something that my, my grandfather helped pay for my college and he mm-hmm. wasn't going to uh, pay for a theater degree. So I sort of tricked my family into thinking that I wanted to be a lawyer. So I like went in with a political science degree. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to law school. And then as I got there, I like transferred into the communication school at University of Texas and then got into film and then uh, worked at the local TV station there, uh, which is called Texas Student Television. It's the largest run uh, student television station in America. It's a, it was a really cool experience. And that's really where I kind of got to learn about writing and producing and acting for film and TV. And I still have, I produced a show back there that still runs on the air in Austin, Texas. So that's awesome. My family actually did the same thing in regards to the whole lawyer performer. Because as a kid, when I was like seven, I was like, I want to be an actress. Like it's just what I want to do. I want to go to America and be an actress. And they're like, Well, you know what? Being a lawyer, it's kind of like performing in front of a lot of people because you got to stand yeah. up and state your case. And yeah. even though they're always very supportive, they try to kind of steer steer me away from acting because they know how difficult it is especially for an Australian to get to Hollywood and then my uncle who was a cop he's like Tyrrell no you got to be a prosecutor fight for the good side don't be a lawyer (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but see as an Australian that's going to be your hardest thing is getting to LA once you're in LA everyone's going to love you because something about Australians and uh uh if you have an accent English speaking uh anyone from Ireland Scotland Australia England you guys always do very well here so 
I keep oh, telling well, no her one this knew I was Australian. Keeps... They all thought I was English. They're like, so where, so whereabouts from the UK are you from? And I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm from Sydney. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We just hear like an exotic accent. We're like, holy shit, she's probably a terrific actress. Uh, and we'll put you in things, I promise. You should hear her American she's accent. part of Coldplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, next year, I'll grab an agent and then show everyone just how poor my acting skills really are. <laughs> yeah, we don't care. If you have the accent, that's all we need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fooled you all. <laughs> um so obviously the acting gig is tough um if you don't mind how do you bide your time in between gigs um it is yeah man it's it's a it's a hustle it's a grind here in la and you you work a lot of side jobs i've worked a lot of weird funny side jobs one of the things i did here uh was when i first got here i drove a uh delivery truck all around the greater Los Angeles area. And when I say delivery truck, I'm talking like, uh, it has 16 wheels, maybe 14 wheels. It's a massive geez. truck. I didn't have the license to drive it. It was illegal that I was doing it. <laughs> but um, And I delivered fortune cookies to Chinese restaurants for American Airlines because American Airlines was promoting this, uh, this their new flight to Shanghai and Beijing uh, non-stop flight from LA and so you'd eat the fortune cookie inside it was like a little American Airlines code so I did that for like a couple weeks and <laughs> with another actor who was a, who could speak Mandarin and Cantonese and so she would I would drive around she would go to the back of the truck grab the fortune cookie go in speak Mandarin or Cantonese to whoever the owners were and be like hey this is what it is and um and and then jump back in the truck and keep driving around so that you do weird things I do a lot of, uh, or not anymore, but I've done like party entertainment uh, with a company called Swordplay LA, where I got to learn a lot of sword fighting skills and uh, a lot of stage combat. But there's a party company where you kind of go out and you're like, you show up like a ninja or a Jedi or a knight, and then you have a big sword fight and show for the birthday boy or girl. I, I can see Tyrion kind of like bouncing energetically <laughs> out of excitement, and I don't know yeah, if that's because. I am. Oh, okay. Because as I well, I explained in the last podcast, I was introduced to medieval freaking times while I was in America. Oh and yes, I'm just yes, imagining, yes. Yeah, all of that because watching the stunt guys the entire time, I'm wondering how. What, what is their background? Do you have to be kind of like a stunt double to be able to throw yourself off a horse and then fight other people? Or can you just be an actor and they train you up? How does that work exactly? I think that there's several different routes to medieval times. Uh, a buddy, The guy that I learned a lot of sword fighting from actually used to work at the medieval times in Chicago, I believe. And he was the master of ceremonies character. So he didn't do a lot of fighting, but he was kind of like, he would always t be talking and presenting and introducing the knights. Um, I know that if you get hired to be a knight, they have a very specific uh, sort of climb to become a knight. So you, you have to do like the squiring and all that stuff. But then you have to do a bunch of horse training and riding in Dallas because uh, there's so a big medieval like times there. So it's like medieval times. You have to work your way up. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. So uh, I always wanted to do it. but um, And there's one here in L.A., but I never, uh, I never got my foot in the door there. There's also well, something here in L.A. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I always thought it'd be a very boring job being the king because he literally sits there the entire time watching the same show every it's night. It's the retirement position. I'm yeah. Tired. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. I, I'd be curious to know if, if, there's some, if there's an individual who's sort of worked their way up from 
from Squire to Knight to King or something like that. That would be a funny. I'd be in, I'd be interested in talking to that person because their whole life would have to have revolved around medieval times, which is a great thing. I spent <laughs> my twenty my twenty fourth or twenty fifth birthday there, and I mean, it turned a bunch of adult men into like these just children who were screaming at the blue night. So, I mean, I felt like, I, I don't know. I had such a blast. I, I like, I feel very connected to that era in history and I'm very in love with that era in history. So, um, so medieval times is a special place. Uh, it has a special place in my heart, but, um, there's also something here in LA called pirates dinner adventure, which what? I've auditioned, which I've auditioned Show before <laughs> for, and I have a lot of friends that do it. Um, and I have a feeling if I kept going back, I would probably get hired. But it's basically the same thing, but it's for pirates. Oh, uh, my God. And there's a big I'm pirate so ship, there. and they do a lot of, like, high falls and and uh, rope swinging and sword fighting and, and cool stuff like that. So <gasps> Tony, I need to get there now. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone dress up as Jack Sparrow? Because I would cosplay and go and watch that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, Johnny yeah, Jack, yeah. He shows up in character from time to time. <laughs> yeah, right? Didn't he do Disney. that once at Disney? At he Disneyland, does it a few times. Yeah, he just shows yeah. up and puts himself in the small world from or the pirates thing now, whatever it's called now, from time to time. Yeah, that's right. I've heard about that. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. I forgot where I forgot where I was going with that one, but yeah, uh, you're just talking about some more uh, kind of sword work uh, things that were within. Right. So okay. So yeah. So odd jobs in LA. So yeah, I've done. Uh, what was another one? Oh, I did a thing in a mall. Like uh, some tech company was trying to promote their new technology, which was very much like a Google Hangout, but for your. T it was like a thing that went on your TV, and so they would put us in these little stations and. Uh, all these malls across America, you'd be walking through the mall and there'd be a little kiosk and there'd be a salesperson like, hey, come check out this new technology. And so you'd go and the customer would go in and they would like, okay, you're going to call someone from Los Angeles, California. And so they, they hit the thing and then like, it's me on the other side. I'm like, hey guys, I'm Tony. This is the new technology, yada, yada, yada. So it's like, you do a lot of like weird odd jobs between acting, but. Um, and then after the phone call, uh, they spritz yeah, you in the face. It, yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Um, but yeah, so now I work at, and now I have a pretty awesome side job for an actor, which is Universal Studios uh, at, the, at the theme park here. And uh, I get to do a lot of cool roles there. Right now we're doing uh, our Christmas event, which is Grinchmas. And uh, I play um, uh, a stilt-walking Who boy who, uh, if you guys know anything about How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Cindy Lou Who is the main character besides the Grinch. Mm -hmm. And Cindy Lou Who, at the very beginning of the movie, has two older brothers, and their name are Stu and Drew. And so I play Stu Lou Who, and I get to be this crazy, uh, troublemaking, um, energetic, like like snowboarding, like, oh, what's up, dude? Yeah, Merry Grinchmas, bro. Like, very, like, surfer <laughs> kind of extreme Poly sports shore. dude <laughs> yeah yeah like oh tubular man yeah all right it's great it's fun it's a fun role do you have to wear any kind uh, of prosthetics with things. that sorry yeah the makeup is pretty intense it takes about an hour to get in and then 30 minutes or so to get out but uh 
Yeah, they glue the whole nose on your face. They make you sparkle. I've never, I've never worn so much glitter in my entire life. <laughs> and then we have these uh, sweet, like Christmas smells that they spray us down with. So we smell like vanilla cookies or uh, a Christmas tree or things like that. It's pretty great. That's pretty cool. Is that because I? Uh, I, I love Universal Studios. I mean, I, I could live there. It was absolutely phenomenal, the one I went to in Orlando. Would you agree there is like this kind of rivalry between Disneyland and Universal? Because when I got to the resort, we sort of mentioned to the girl, we're just making chit-chat and we're like, oh, we just went to Disney World. And she's like, oh, well, is that Christmas tree as big as ours? <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, yeah, no. <laughs> so is that kind bet- of like, have you ever worked at Disneyland and felt like kind of, conflicted <laughs> I um I I have a lot of good friends that work at Disneyland I think in Orlando it might be different because uh Disney World and Orlando Studio uh, Universal Studios in Orlando are both pretty uh big theme parks here in LA I think Disneyland is just kind of I mean there is a little bit of a rivalry but Disneyland's so big that Universal Studios can't uh we like to think of ourselves as rivals but I think Disneyland is is the winner here for sure. I hate to say that because I work for Universal Studios, but uh, and we're 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 a badass we're a badass park. We have a lot of great stuff. Um, but yeah, Disneyland's just so big here, and uh, Universal Studios. If you're not familiar with, it's kind of stuck in like we we are kind of cutting we're 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 cutting our territory into the city of Los Angeles, which there's not a lot of room in, so we're a little confined space wise, but. We still got some cool stuff, and we got some really cool stuff coming. I don't know if you guys know about uh, Nintendo World, but <gasps> Universal Studios and Nintendo have uh, pinned a deal, and I believe it's opening up in Tokyo first, and then it's coming to LA. But uh, we're gonna go. get some Nintendo. Blair, I can send my song to them. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> one of Terrellyn's songs, and probably her most favorite one, is one called "Nintendo Love Song." Um, yeah, it's so, so. dorky. <laughs> it's actually I, a song I would about love, Nintendo. <laughs> I would love to hear this song. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you afterwards. Too. It's so no lame. <laughs> no, no, no. We're stopping this right now, and we're not going to move forward until I hear this song performed. Well, Spotify, it's there. I can yeah. see it now for the Nintendo World. You know how Disney, you know, Cinderella is like the you know the grand crown princess. I can see it now. Princess Peach becomes the new Cinderella. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very real possibility. I'd like to see Princess Peach get the Zelda the, the Zelda makeover where, you know, she doesn't need to be rescued by a by a dude anymore. because um, they've been doing that in the Zelda game is is Zelda no longer sits and waits for Link to come save her. She kinda goes out and she's a badass ninja herself now when she's you know, chic or whatever. So I like to I'd like to see Peach get some teeth in, in you know, today's canon. Um yeah, personally, I, I I I think it's the right time for that to to be happening. Have you guys uh, played uh, Super Mario Odyssey yet? I, I I played it at a con for five minutes. It's it's so good. So I I uh, I got a Switch recently and I've been playing it and um, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. But it yeah, you're right. Your Mario is literally saving Peach from getting married to Bowser. I mean, yeah, it's it's about time that Peach gets some agency and. Uh, and kick some ass herself and save Mario. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, a, it's an easy thing to write. Here you go. Just make your female lead the heroine in the story. Get her saving Mario, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we, we, we got a... I think 
I've heard a lot of demographic lately where now over 50% of gamers are women. I mean, you got to start targeting these markets. I can't understand why it's it's taken the market so long to get there. I know there's a lot of dude bros that whine and complain that their industry is being taken away from them. But you know what? Suck it up, Buttercup. You're still getting your games. These things take 10 years to make. They're not quick. Yeah, and I mean, speaking, well, I think there's, I think when I, when I'm, the fact, okay, well, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to say this correctly. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, Day and I play a lot of video games together, and I've never, I've never had a girlfriend who plays video games with me, and I think that that's pretty cool. It, it is pretty cool, and she's, and she's good, too. Like, she, she holds her own. She is. She's very good, yeah. She's really grown a lot as a gamer, um, <laughs> as you know, because we, uh, we sometimes stream together. We do. Let's get into Twitch. Uh, so talk to us about your Raptor Pack. Oh, man. Okay, so Raptor Pack is uh, uh, my, my Twitch handle is Mutant Raptor. Um, and, uh, Day and I, Day has started her own channel. Uh, we kind of started this summer getting her channel going. And about last year, I started my channel. I was just kind of messing around, seeing what it would be like. And uh, and then kind of this summer, people actually started watching, mainly because Day is uh, a character in a game called Life is Strange and had a little bit of a video game following. So, um, yeah, we sh- I have not been streaming as much recently because my life's been hectic with the move and working at Universal and whatnot. But... Um, I'm planning to get back into it pretty soon here and in January start streaming more. But that's how Blair and I spend our time together sometimes. We uh we, do. we stream player unknown uh unknown's battlegrounds, Battleground. which um is a pretty great great game. Has a new map coming out soon, I heard. Oh. I, have, uh, I haven't played it in a while. Um for anyone who's never heard of the game, it's basically Hunger Games with guns. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty terrific. Um and 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 yeah, and that in, in Skyrim. I mean, uh, those are those are what I've been streaming a lot. My my old roommate just got PlayStation VR. I don't know if you guys have played any of the virtual oh, reality no. stuff for PS4. I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> yeah, holy shit! I'm ready to to give up as a human being and just sit in my cell. <laughs> fully immersed in it. If it weren't yeah. the, like the motion sickness I get after about 20 minutes, that's the only thing that brings me back into the real world. Like the, it's fine if it's um, not using the control I found, like if I'm just underwater and lost in it, it's fine. But as soon as I use the controller and have to walk around, I get a little bit headachey, but it's worth it. Panadol straight back into the game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I discovered if I move around too quickly, I do get a little nauseous, but mm. I mean, have you guys played Skyrim? Do you guys... Every uh, other game in that genre, but not Skyrim. Okay, well, it's not crazy for me to say, hey, you can shoot spells. Like, you have magic yeah. that comes out of your hand. Right. Okay, so for the VR, uh, you have two hands, and you can shoot spells in two different directions. And you guys are watching me do this, but, but of course on the podcast, <laughs> it doesn't have the same effect. They're watching me flail around in front of my webcam right now because I'm so excited. So like you can you can point in two different directions and be shooting fire this way or that way or whichever way you want. It's so fucking cool. It's everything I've ever wanted. Um, so I was playing a lot of that, but then where it really shines is with Resident Evil Seven, uh, the VR game, and that and it's just absolutely terrifying and her and just your your body is so tense. You have physical reactions to like these things coming at you. Um, 
it's 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 the future, man. I'm ready. Like I said, I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to just. <laughs> I Lug took you off into the, the matrix, eh? Go into the yeah. matrix, yeah. <laughs> I took off the VR goggles once, and I was like, "Oh, this world sucks. Put me back in. Like I'm over it." Uh, as a Resident Evil fan, you clearly are. Um, curious of what you thought of the movies. Um, I have refused to watch most of them. <laughs> Uh, because I just, I, I don't, I've heard nothing but bad things, so I've just stayed away from them. I've seen the first one and I enjoyed it, but, uh, I don't understand why we can't get video game movies right. I recently watched Assassin's Creed and, I mean, what a pile of shit. I, I really, I really wanted to enjoy it and I'm, and I, and I'm sorry for anyone who did enjoy it, but, um, just basic story things. You don't. You don't call a movie Assassin's Creed and then you open it up first scene in the din of all the assassins saying the oath. That's not how – you don't call a movie Batman and then you start it in the Batcave with Batman fully ready to go. You, you, we build there. You know, There's a story. There's a journey here that has to take place. Anyways, we're, I'm getting off of my own tangent. but No, no. This, uh, we encourage tangents here. That's Go, go, go. It's fine. Yeah. So, so it's just – such a la- I don't know why we can't get it right. We can't get video game movies right right now. It's very is there upsetting. any of them that have done it right? Any of them. I know Joey likes the Warcraft movie, but he is in the minority. See, um, and I wanted to love Warcraft so much, but I mean, do you were you moved at all emotionally by that? We don't it's not we we these video game movies, I think we just try so hard to really get all the flash and uh, and the really cool things about, you know, the the bigger set piece moments with the magic or the the big battle when we forget that it's the humanity of what these games bring to us that make us really affected by them. I mean, um, I don't know if you guys ever played Bioshock Infinite, but the story in that game was so personal. And I mean, the sci-fi elements too definitely helped, but it was just such a touching... that, That game, I mean, I can still, like, you know... The the person, I mean, that guy's searching for his daughter the whole time. Like that's, we we forget about these like simple human um, needs and wants that like really drive these stories, and we get bogged down in like all the big, uh, all the big flash that we forget these things. Anyways, I don't well, know. I, mean, I can't think of a good video games. game movie. Sorry, go ahead. No, say that again. and like I think only the fan made uh, movies kind of they get it right, like um the Ocarina of Time. There was this incredible fan made film and Nintendo banned it and they're like you can never play this anywhere because we didn't give you the rights and blah blah blah. But when you have fans make the film because they understand it and they have the love for it, they're the ones who get it right as opposed to the big flashy Hollywood movies who are like just throwing a big white beam of light up to the sky, like in every superhero uh, superhero villain movie ever um yeah and I, I think that's the problem they haven't got fans creating it for us there's also the the point that every person who plays this game plays it and has a different experience so for every individual mm. it's a it's it's a different thing um but, but they have to throw hollywood at it so you got to bring in a, an actor and pay them 20 million dollars to play this role that probably has absolutely no idea what's going on um, they got to bring in some product placement. They got to add a gritty kind of storyline to kind of put it into a, a Hollywood mold instead of, instead of allowing it to be what it is mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. telling that story. It's the same when you have um, you go the other way where you have something that's um, like 
I'll, I'll say it, like Star Wars is, is one of my favorite franchises, but most Star Wars video games, most, suck. Because it just doesn't trans it, it doesn't transfer the feeling in. Um, some games are okay, but in most cases, like I'm playing it, and I'm just like, oh, this isn't the same. Because it's it. I, I don't know what it is about video games and movies. Uh, Joey, you're kind of the guy that that plays more or watches more movies than the rest of us. And again, I know you like the Warcraft. What is your opinion on this? I'm kind of I'm curious. Uh, all right. So before I delve into the answer too much, let me just say about the Warcraft movie. I went into seeing this movie, and I and I saw it twice in theaters. I went into it knowing that there is 45 minutes of this film not in the print that we all got to see. So I, t- I took into a lot of account what may or may not have appeared, uh, what may or may not have actually made the final edit of the film. Um, I got a little bit emotional. Uh, I forget his name. I'm just going to just... Ju- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it Travis so Fimmel? I forget his name. <laughs> uh, the one that the one the 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 kid of the alliance there who dies. Oh, the um, yeah, the boy, the wizard. Yeah, boy. he look he look Travis he looks so much like Anduin. I just call him Anduin. I can't help it. So yeah, know, the, the yeah, Anduin okay. look alike. <laughs> uh, I got a little emotional yes. when when he died, and I got emotional when um, the baby orc was separated, and the mom ends up dying yeah i did get emotional yeah. with that and then i thought it was really adorable where they they threw the clip in at the end where you know he gets all at the end could have used a little bit more merlot um, um i agree uh, i and i actually do agree with you the the most emo- like the orc storyline in that was the best part of it, it really was and yeah and i and the human side was i was over it it's uh we i I kind of harp back on this, but like we often forget that like we see two powerful entities fighting each other, and we, and it's like all oh, these powerful things are fighting, so cool. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's like why they're fighting because there's there's a love thing here. There's like someone is not getting what they want. Uh, there's not an emo. There's an emotional thing that is missing, and that's kind of what leads us to fighting each other the way that we do. And I think that that's there's a the themes were there with the orcs and the humans. Um, and we just, we just missed it just a little bit. Yeah. Um, um can, can I open up this door real quick? I think day is yeah, right yeah. outside. Yeah. Hey guys, here's day. Just want to ah. listen to him. Uh, hi. Hi friends. Oh, I love your glasses. There you go. Thank you. Those are cute. They're, they're, my, they're my favorite. They're cheap too. My faves. <laughs> for, for the podcast listener, uh, uh, her her uh, glasses, yes, glasses are are shaped like massive uh, cat faces. What? And, no. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're very fuzzy. Very very interesting choice in glassware today, baby. No, no, no. <laughs> You're lying to the people. They they can yes. sue you for false advertising. I don't, I don't think that's how that works. Oh, okay. Well, it should be. <laughs> and more of this fun banter on our Twitch channel <laughs> that you can come check out anytime. Mutant Raptor and Abraham Lincoln. Abraham underscore Lincoln. Abraham underscore Lincoln. So, yeah. Totally. I'll, I'll stop hijacking your tr- your uh, your chat. What am I? I'm gonna I'm gonna go. <laughs> it's going terribly. Take care, anyways. Blair's Blair's literally. Stop worst. blaming Blair for everything. Blair's the best. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Yay, Blair has a thing. I'm just kidding. I'm just we should just kidding. have a segment called Blame Blair. I have I have I have, I have two fans. 
I have J.P. Ricard and I have Dan Hutton. I'll, I can retire. I'm good. There you go. Uh, um, but Tony, you're talking about uh, Warcraft. Or not Tony, uh, Joey. <sighs> oh, right. Um, but that's that's where I kind of stood on the Warcraft movie. There was a point where some of the the camera angles and the special effects resembled a little bit of the design in the 2000 release by New Line Cinema, Dungeons and Dragons, which I have this weird, mm. guilty pleasure liking of the movie for. But there was a lot of set design that just reminded me too much of it. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm having a hard time pulling away from that but that's what i was seeing and yeah i didn't care for I, them to do a, the a, a live action of the of the half orc is what i was left led to believe it was like okay if you're gonna have anything orc it needs to be remained either cgi or everybody has to be live action because this weird separation between the two just fucks with the head uh, and i and i can't connect to the character both? yeah oh, i agree right. And uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Ben Foster was the wizard in that, right? I think so. Is that his name? Um, he's a great actor, and he really yes. just did this. Medivh, yes. Yeah, Medivh, and he did this thing in the movie that I I just I'm sad that he did, which was he just played uh, he played a Disney esque villain where you're just evil to be evil. There's no humanity behind it. Uh, Anyways, that yeah, but. Yeah, that's my own personal opinion about the the movie and and Ben Foster. I've I've got it out for you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Let the people know. No, I'm kidding. I'm a huge fan of his. So, uh, in terms of other video game movies, though, um, the not this. I didn't care for the sequel, but the original one with Angelina Jolie, you know, for Tomb Raider, I didn't have Tomb issues Raider. with her doing that. Um, I, I really didn't I didn't hate it at all. I didn't mind, you know, certain changes and, you know, additions to the story. It was nice to have it fleshed and brought into like a different perspective, but still hone in very much to Lara. Um mm, yeah. Uh I didn't mind Yeah, and her Oh, go ahead. And I think the reason you like that and the reason I remember it now that we were talking about it is because that character is trying to remember her father and reconnect with her father in that exactly. movie, and the way she does it is by raiding tombs. And using her actual father in the real in real life, that was just yeah. That's why that yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then they tried to make her a little bit too James Bond in the sequel, and I'm like, God damn it! Oh, we do it every awful. time. We do it the every time. The only thing the only thing good about the sequel is Gerard Butler because he's one of my future husbands. But that's about it. That's that's the only redeeming quality oh, of that God, movie. Oh God, Gerard Butler! What a delicious piece of man meat. I mean, guys, look, um, three hundred changed my life. Oh, Phantom uh, of the I Opera saw that changed movie. my life. Yes. Let me tell you what. Not only is the man freaking like beefcake, but the the sucker can sing too. Like, holy shit. Yeah, which that that pisses me off. When I see, there's so much talent that makes me angry. See, the thing about get, him is when he was singing in his musical, when his voice cracked, he just kept going. That's the difference between the two of you. Shut up, Blair. Shut up. <laughs> but, uh, All right, lesson learned. I got to go back to musical theater now. There you go. Uh, there you go, Taylor. I brought one back to you. Just to wrap it up, though, yes. uh, of, uh, in. of my take on video game movies, like... When I was a kid, I saw the Mortal Kombat movie. I, I it was a different interpretation of it. It and honestly, when you look at the original film, not the, so much the sequel where they just fucked it up. Uh, the they 
they spun that in such a way that it made sense in Hollywood because if they tried to take what they yeah. what was already released in video game wise, it just would not make sense on screen. So I didn't have an issue with that one either. Uh, when it came to the Resident Evil either. films, first two are great. I I kind of can appreciate where they were trying to go with the third one, but they I wish they had done it kind of like in a different way. The fourth one was great when it came to to technology, but again it just it. It pulled too far away. You were still left wondering, okay, where the hell are these people? Like, you're doing this, the, the cliche sequel thing where, you know, this is where this character was when we ended the last one, and now they don't exist in this one. And then, yeah, like, I yeah. hated it when they did that. And then the final one, oh my god, I want to fire whoever edited it, because at one minute, you have something, and then... It, it, it jumps too quick. The story, the timeline jumps way too fast to make no sense. And it was so rushed and it pissed wow. me off. And on top of that, it does, it's one, <laughs> it, the movie doesn't even have a proper commentary track too. So it's like, God damn. <laughs> Joey loves this, uh, the extras on the DVDs. Oh, um, okay. I, I honestly watch resident evil knowing that they're bad movies, but Mila, Jojovic is top of my list, so she's I, great. I, I will watch her read a phone book. I don't care. Um, and and but yeah, I I know the movies aren't great. I still watch it, and I uh, I haven't seen the last one yet. It's 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 ready to go. I just haven't had time to sit down and try to muscle through it. But yeah, I mean the continuity between the movies is almost non-existent. Um, and you know they're filmed here in Toronto, and so I'm, so because of that, I get lost in it. Like I'm like, oh, I know where that is, and oh, that's there, and it, it just, yeah, I, 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 I guess as an LA person, you probably see it all the time. Like, oh, I know exactly where this scene is, and you get pulled out. But maybe it's because it's your craft, you get pulled out when you watch things anyway. Or do you stay in? Is that am I generalizing? It's up to the it's up to the film or the movie that you're watching. If the if it's doing its job well, I don't I don't start analyzing it. But if, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a critic. I could become a critic pretty easily, and uh, if if I'm pulled out of a film, I'll just pick it apart. Because uh. because we see we we yeah okay guys whatever it's super easy making a movie it's not it's incredibly difficult, but uh, we make the same mistakes over and over and over again. So when you spend a lot of your life you know, working on this craft and like seeing the same mistakes happened over and over again, you start to ask yourself, well, why do we keep making the same mistakes over and over again? Because it's really hard to make a movie. There's a hundred people, a hundred voices. And when we get it right, it's fucking magic. And it happens rarely. And that's what makes it so special. Talk about filming. Uh, you were in a, in a short film, an action short film recently. Why don't you talk to, uh, a little bit about that? Blair, I'm so glad you asked that question because I'm very excited about this project. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I recently, we just wrapped uh, production on a... Sh oh, there, I apologize. There is one more scene uh, that has to be filmed and it is, Day plays a, uh, has kind of a cameo uh, in the short. Um, I don't want to, that, that kind of gives it a look. Yeah, but the idea is uh, so. Uh, it, it's a it's a short action film that uh, has some kind of sci-fi elements to it, and uh, it was created by myself and then Azim Rizik um, and Jordan Zahner. Azim is of Power Ranger fame. He's the green slash black Power Ranger in the Megaforce season, 
And Jordan Zahner uh, is a producer who worked with K-Period Media, which did Manchester by the Sea a couple years back. And so we created this story. We've been working on it for like a year, and we just wrapped production on it. Well, almost wrapped production on it, but got most of the things done. That's a good way. It is. It's. It's got some saw elements to it. And she, they just oh. uh, described it. Saw meets battle royale, but it gave Azim and I a chance also to tell a story that I find super interesting, which is what leads to people that are essentially best friends. What what leads them into uh, into trying to kill one another? What what is that? Why is it that? Why is it that? Uh, Pe like homicides are done by people that are closest to us or what what is that that causes two humans to uh that are close want to murder each other so um that's kind of the theme that it's surround that is uh central to the story but um it also gave azim and i a chance to do some uh brilliant acting uh if i say <laughs> if i can say so myself and also some really cool stunts and fighting so we we uh we got to do a lot of very cool um uh, Stunt-related things that I'm excited to put together, and it should be coming out uh, February next year. Is probably what we're looking at. Oh, so, cool. yeah. Are you gonna try to shop it to any of the festivals? Is that uh, the I plan, believe or? that's yeah, that is our plan. So we're going to be shopping it around to festivals and kind of promoting it in that way. We'll see. Uh, we'll see about it going on YouTube and stuff like that, but. But very excited, and I will be more than happy to share that with you guys when it is completed. That's awesome. Really glad to hear that. Yeah. Joey. Yas. You got some uh, questions for our uh, Maroon 5 lookalike here? You know, that is so fucking what? uncanny, Blair, because <laughs> I, my okay, first... I... Oh, my God. Maybe you need a choice yeah. on the vo a chair on the voice there, Tony. Maybe that's you, that's very kind of you guys. Do you think you guys think I look like Adam Levine? Wow. Yeah, Thanks. yeah. I just messaged the boys going, I worked out who you look like because it's been driving me nuts, and I was like, it's the guy from Maroon Five. Well, man, if I could sing like him. <laughs> well, you used to be able to, um, yeah. but Tinder Blair <laughs> should have never told you that. <laughs> But um, it, I think my favorite part before we lead into Joey's stuff is you were talking about brilliant acting in the background of the video, which none of you guys will be able to see because it's just for us. Dan just face palms. <laughs> yeah, Dan did a terrific time, terrifically timed face palm in the back. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you guys can definitely see her just in the corner of the screen there. I don't know. I mean, I say you charge your listeners $5. And they can get the video stream of, of what is happening. They're really uh, missing we just, out. We've just hired Tony as our new PR guy. Um, he's got some good <laughs> ideas. <laughs> there you go. All right, Hoopod listeners, $5 a month will get you the brilliant video stream. You guys, we totally of, did, we're going to get what's really happening. Yeah, we're going to get spawned by full screen. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> you can see Blair's uh, no. disheveled bookshelf no. in the background. There's a, there's there's one rain reason we don't do it. It's because of my disheveled bookshelf and the no, ironing I'm... board and all the rest of the crap that sits back there. I got an exercise <laughs> machine right here. It's terrible. And is that a blow-up sex doll? What is that? I can't um, see clearly. It kind of looks like you, actually. It's kind of freaking. Oh, wow. I'm flattered. Wow, that's really... <laughs> oh, that's really we're kind. in five. I, again, again, listen. Oh, sorry. It was Adam Levine. Month. It wasn't you. I, I apologize. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> all right, Joey. Sorry about that. 
right. So throughout the podcast, whether whether that I do rapid fire is as I I come up with random questions based on uh, discussions or things that I notice. And Blair ruined the first question. I'm going to go through it anyway. Uh, if you were Blair, Blair tends to do that. If you were to take up singing again, what sort of vocal range would you like to encompass? Because su- side note, I can totally see you being, you know, Adam Levine. How did I uh, ruin that? That didn't ruin that. Yeah, it did because you gave away the whole Adam Levine crap, and Tyrion is just the, as guilty of it too. Blame Tyrion. I saw that. And I started laughing. I was like, no, I got to say this before I laugh some more. Guilty bitches. <laughs> So what's your vocal range, Tony? Um, yeah, I guess, man, I... Okay, look, I don't know what my actual vocal range is if I start singing again, but what I would want it to be like is definitely um, uh, Hugh Jackman's vocal range. I would oh, love shit. to be able to pull off the <laughs> shit that he pulls off. Yeah, I don't know if you guys can hear her, but she said that Hugh Jackman is action hero singing man, and if I could pull that <laughs> off, I, I, I would. Love of my wife's life, for sure, that man. <laughs> Favorite Nintendo game ever? Favorite Nintendo game ever? Um, Zelda Ocarina of Time. I think, it, I think it comes down to a combination of just an amazing game and the time it hit me in my life. It really changed. And, and life is strange, right? And strange. life is strange. Yeah. On, <laughs> on, on PC. Correct. Not also, so much the my... DLCs, but the initial life is strange. Well, you said you said Nintendo game, so I Which was thinking did. of that. He did. He did. Yeah, it's but true, if you true. mean video game overall, <laughs> of course it's life is strange. <laughs> All right, uh, and when it comes to acting, or uh, yeah, when it comes to acting, what uh, which variation do you prefer, stage, TV, film, or web, and why? Which do I prefer, as in the style that goes with those mediums that you answered that you just mentioned? Right. Um, because web's kind of an encompass per- of the first three, depending on what you're doing. Yeah, but for the but it- for the most part, everything's different. I agree. I mean, personally, my favorite, and I think what we all crave as uh, as what we want to see in like a good story is film acting. I think that those move us the yep. most, um, and I think that that's what I would aspire to to do most often. Um, but you know, theater is. A, I did a play this the, earlier this year, and um, it doesn't get any better than that with a live audience and you can be kind of over the top and ridiculous on stage. It's pretty It's pretty uh, fantastic. And it's different every night. You don't quite know what you're going to get from the audience, so you always act a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you learn a lot about yourself as an actor doing, doing it. Yeah, and you the... can't make a mistake, at least with film. Like, you will make a mistake and it's okay, cut, do it again. Theatre, you got to cover it. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so I did – I think you were going to ask me yeah. what the play was. Uh, it, I did Va- Anton Chekhov's – Anton Chekhov's Vanya, which if you know anything about it, it all the characters are 50 years old and up. Uh, but we did, we did sort of an adaptation where the characters were younger and um, – I played the professor who is in the play. He's kind of the villain, if you want to name a villain. 
um, but very selfish art professor who shows up and kind of uh, really throws a wrench into the main character Vanya's life. Um, but you said rolling with the punches. The opening of the second act, my character is asleep on stage and I have to get startled awake by another character. And uh, the booth plays this audio cue of a thunderstorm rolling in the background. And they one night they hit the wrong cue and instead of the thunderstorm rolling, uh, they hit kind of our intro to our play, which is like, welcome to the Orange Grove Theater Center. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I just used oh that God. to startle me awake. Uh, it didn't really work, but um, <laughs> but it's it's fun, you know. You remember those things like that. Something things really like that. similar happened uh, during the Crucible. <laughs> it was right towards the end, where it's that big poignant moment, and the bells are meant to go off just in that final scene. But for some reason, they hit the wrong button, and a cow started mooing. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! That's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I just kind of lost the kind of <laughs> morose. Uh, <laughs> all right final question is if you could act in any video game film adaption what video game would it be oh joey that is a terrific question oh and one that i'm sure you man, struggle internally um, with every single day uh, it's so true if okay can i'm gonna repeat the question for day uh he asked me what character, if, if any video game adaption, film adaption, what character would I want to be? And that is an excellent question. Um, well, I'm too, I think I'm too old for Link. Yeah, yeah, old, old, scruffy Link. You know, um, they're going to eventually do it, and Link's not going to be a kid. They, they can't do it. There's got to be somebody with some, true. some age That's to true. it. That's true. Netflix had a deal for a little bit with Nintendo. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Um, okay. Uh, um, Nathan Drake would be an awesome character. Uh, Ooh, the main character, Joel from The Last of Us. Oh, man. I don't I, – uh, come on, Tony. Pick something. Um, He's like looking at his video game collection as we record. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had no idea. I couldn't answer this question. Yeah. Um, I think I think the the oh I don't know because I'd want us also be the lead assassin in Assassin's Creed. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Nathan Drake from Uncharted. I think that that would be an awesome, yeah, awesome awesome character choice. to play. It's definitely a good choice. Yeah. And you know what? You actually do, because um, you, you love Hugh Jackman. Did you know you actually have something very in common with the character Wolverine? You are a mutant, and you want to know why? <laughs> why? I'm waiting <laughs> because for this one. Let's see where she goes. Have... Wait for it. <laughs> Let's, you let's have ride dimples. this one out. And dimples oh. are considered a genetic mutation. So you, like me, are a mutant. So we can go We're to school mutants. and like solve mutant. crime and be heroes. That's the <laughs> kindest thing anyone has ever said to me. Right? Sarah, I've been doing this show with dimples. you for two years. You don't tell me that. I got friggin' dimples. Uh, see, Tony? You, you, you got favorites already. Yeah, Where's your yeah. dimples? I can't see I'm your I'm not going to smile right now. Uh, later, 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 later. <laughs> Tony. Also, talk about Tony. Tyrion is a very like X Men esque name too. 
kind of like Wolverine, you know? Except everyone thinks Um, my name's Tyrion, so I get mistaken for Games of Thrones, so, you know, it's very awkward. There's something wrong with that. (laughs) I'd be happy to be mistaken as Peter Dinklage any day of the week. (laughs) (laughs) He is a lovely man. You good, Joey? Oh yeah, that, Tyrion, that was you have no one. idea what you've just done. You've oh, just yeah, given me okay. so much ammo to to brag <laughs> about how cool I am now. I'm Day sorry, is Day. so unhappy I'm in so the back. sorry. <laughs> I can't. I'm gonna be telling everyone that. I'll just call you a mutant all the time. Yeah, a mutant raptor. Yeah, and now you can cosplay like, yourself. All and just go to cons and just smile and be like, "This is the best costume I've got." <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I will Let's see if people will pay me for it. <laughs> all right go on joey no that was the last one. Oh, that's oh, that the last, last one, one. I apologize. Oh, there we go. for the fifth okay time um there. next time on bbc player gets a point across <sighs> i like that time, every time you said it somebody cut you off and Wait, who and is this is this uh is this who pod nights is where we, we talk we about talk the hard-hitting questions coming up next on bbc yes. one's baking great british baking show <laughs> Oh, Watches the contestants. Dearlyn has recently released a book called uh, Realm FM, and she's been doing these uh, kind of podcast promotions where uh, she hits up people to do characters from her book series. And uh, Joey's got a character where he does a very BBC One. That voice, that's his character. So. And it's so muddled, like Mrs. Doubtfire. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried my best not to do a lot of retakes. I tried to give it to her, uh, like straight off the cuff, more as possible. See, I was trying not yeah. to say that. Thanks for going there, Blair, uh, Tierlin. Anyway, <laughs> hey, it wasn't me this time. I held my tongue for once. I'm like, I, really I could do it, but no, no, to, to say it. So, where is he gonna go? Where is he gonna go? Oh my god! Anyway, so I, where, I tried to do it as much as one take I... as possible. Where can I hear this? I wanna, I wanna listen to this. Well, yeah, yeah totally. For sure. It's actually on the yeah. Well, we'll link you to that. It's on the Who Pod feed, and I've also got it on my website www.realmfm.com. And um, okay, three more episodes left of the season to record. That's amazing. <laughs> if I can hear Joey do that, vo- do that character. Oh, more you often, will I'll lose it. I nearly cry with laughter. <laughs> That's a pretty good show. I like it. All right, Tony. Where can we find you on the internet? Um, my, so most of my social media, uh, pages are the Tony Noto on Instagram or Twitter. Um, the Tony Noto. <laughs> the Tony Noto. It, it's it's arrogant, a football therefore thing. Therefore <laughs> you, you, you remember how arrogant it is and therefore you remember <laughs> it. Um, and you can check me out on Instagram, Twitter on those pages. You can check out my Twitch, which is Mutant Raptor. Um, and yeah, it's mutant seems to be a thing, uh, in my life. Um, and, uh, you can, you can check me out. Um, uh, and then I have my own personal website, the Tony for all acting purpose, all, all acting inquiries and things like that. So yeah. Am all I right. missing something? I feel like I'm, is there something else I should be plugging? I, I think that's it. Like you're good. Uh, make sure to check out Tony and Classic Alice. Look for his uh, action short film, which will be hopefully coming out, uh, you said, in a few months? In a few months, yes. Yes. And uh, 
Thank you very much for joining us here today, Tony. It was You're very pleasure. welcome. Blair, next time we do this, can you please keep your shirt on the whole time? I, I prefer... Well, it's very distracting. Mm. I, I, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm really sorry, guys. I, I, I That's why I never noticed your dimples, Blair. It's because the shirt's always off. The shirt's it's always off. It's because the shirt is off. Yeah. It's always off. Don't um, walk the into the light. The pants are on. Don't walk into the light. Oh, is, <laughs> is that a pale joke, Joey? <laughs> No, because <laughs> you're probably right. Um, all right. I want to once again thank Tony Noto for joining us here today. Uh, and until t- next time, guys, take care. You can find Blair on Twitter at Blair Beverage, Webisode Watch, and Hoopod. His Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash Blair Beverage, where he streams Friday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also find him on YouTube. Just search his name. That's him. Finally, you can catch him playing the Goblin Shaman in the web series Basic Adventuring 101, which can be found on basicadventuring101.com. You can find Joey on Twitter at joeycouture underscore, because someone already stole it, on YouTube as Joey Couture, and you can also find him on Etsy, Joey Couture Geek Chic. You can find Tyrolyn at TizThunder on Twitter, Tyrolyn Puxty on YouTube, Tyrolyn Puxty on Facebook, and I'm pretty much floating around everywhere. T-Y-R-O-L-I-N-P-U-X-T-Y. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.